Well, today we have our civil holiday, Labor Day, and if you look at the origins of this holiday, it goes back to the late 19th century and early 20th century after the Industrial Revolution when the economy of our country was going through drastic changes. So it used to be very much an agricultural-based uh, economy, and it was the cities were few and far between, and workshops and manufacturing uh, outposts were few and far between. But then in the late 19th century, with the advent of steam and coal and all these different technologies, you started getting factories, and uh, the economy went through a humongous change. The Industrial Revolution was, was massive, so we, we really transformed from an agricultural economy to a product-based economy. And that created a certain kind of problem, because when everybody in America was farmers, you basically owned your own, uh, except for the South, that was the plantations, that was a kind of a different story, okay, so you had, you know, you had slaves and then you had the people who owned everything. But in the rest of the United States, usually what you had is someone, they owned their own property. So they owned the means of production and then they worked it, they were, they were both the managers, the owners, and labor. Okay, so there wasn't a conflict between labor and management. But with the Industrial Revolution, you have this totally new economy and you've got this potential conflict between these two different classes. You've got the people who own the means of production, the capitalists, and then you've got the people who are the laborers, okay, who've got to punch the clock and get in there and they work the uh, assembly line, so forth and so on. And unfortunately, there started to develop a certain kind of tension between these two uh, sides. And uh, I mean, I'm, I, my dad was a s- small business owner, and uh, a number of my relatives in Seneca Falls were, were definitely factory workers. They worked in Gould's pumps, but uh, many of them were small business owners. So when I was growing up, I kind of had a tendency to view things from the point of view of management. I'd hear my dad come home and say, "It's so impossible to find good work these days. These young kids—they never show up to work." Da 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 da, you know. And, uh, and then my brother is telling me stories of, you know, my one brother I can remember, he's, you know, white collar kind of guy, engineer working in a factory, I'm sorry, working in a power, uh, power plant. And he would be frustrated because his had, you know, bosses told him to get a particular project done and he would, you know, plan it out and want to execute it and he would need the work of the technicians and the laborers, but they would be like, oh, I, I can't climb that ladder and pull the wrench out of my uh, pocket to like move that, you know, to like just crank that uh, nut because that's not my job. My labor union won't allow me to do that. I gotta, that's someone else, that's Bob's job, not my job. So I can't do that. And my brother would be like, oh my gosh, I got a deadline here. Come on, people, let's go, you know. And uh, when I was a school teacher, you had the school, uh, the teachers union in New York State is very powerful, and I mean, I had a lot of experiences that really kind of turned me off. It's like this is like a little mafia here. It's like they're, it's all groupthink and kind of intimidation and all this kind of stuff. And um, uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, with all these negative experiences of labor, if you just look historically, uh, there were real abuses of labor on the part of management in the early 20th century, and the formation of unions was a very necessary thing. Uh, basically what started happening is all the, the big bosses and the big owners and they just, they just looked at profit. That's all they looked at. They just want profit. So how can we arrange things so that we pay our, our men as little as absolutely possible <laughs> and still make a lot, still make a lot of money for ourselves? 
You know, how can, I mean that that was their goal, that was their mindset, and uh, it's a real problem. So it was, so unions were necessary to basically take labor, get it together, organize it, and kind of make it efficient so that it can negotiate and have some kind of power. Because otherwise, you're going to have this power inequality and competition and division uh, are going to and people are going to get uh, walked all over, and it's not going to be good. But this kind of brings me back to this whole idea of competition to begin with. Uh, labor unions are absolutely necessary, um, but can we transcend the view of competition in general and think more in terms of teamwork and cooperation? Isn't that what God has called us to, both as individuals and as also possibly different social classes or different sectors of the economy? Can we see each other as brothers and sisters as a family, and we're working together, we're cooperating, it's not us versus them. Can we do that? That's a perennial challenge, and we look in today's political atmosphere, how charged and, and just the, the absolute vitriol and hate from one side to the other uh, in the political sphere is just horrible, right? We just see, we it's so self-evident to us that we have a natural tendency to look upon someone who doesn't share the exact set of interests that we have and we see them as an other and as an enemy instead of as a cooperator who's got, maybe they've got a different set of interests. Nonetheless, can we cooperate together? God has called us all to be a single human family to achieve a single goal. And that is the uh, filling of the earth with God's image and his goodness and his glory meant to be reflected in our own lives. We were created in the image of God. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. Okay, And it, it was meant to be a single cooperative enterprise amongst all human beings throughout the whole world. And we can never lose that fundamental vision. Okay, It gets down to a deeper reality here. And this is what we see in our gospel today of God himself. When he creates the world, when he creates, he, first of all, he doesn't create things because he needs them. He creates purely out of the, the abundance of his generosity and his goodness. He does not need creatures. Okay? But he created the world and he created, he didn't create it in like a uniform fashion. It's, there's a multiplicity of creatures. And every creature has its own nature. And God governs the world through creatures. Not, he doesn't bypass them. He doesn't circumvent them. He doesn't disrespect their own created reality. But he governs through them in cooperation with them, especially man, who is by nature free and intelligent and is meant to see the good and freely choose the good and promote the good in the world and thereby give glory to God. So God created human beings to rule the world through us, but not in competition with us. It's a win-win situation. There's not a competition between God and mankind. It's not win-lose. You know, God loses, we win. We win, God loses. It's a win-win scenario. And the Pharisees had a tendency to lose sight of that fundamental truth. Okay, so they look at something like this religious ordinance, like the Sabbath. Okay, and Jesus cures on the Sabbath. He does good. <laughs> He's actually doing what God created the universe and human beings to actually do, is to do good. All right? And they lose sight of that because they begin to see God as this kind of a tyrant. And we have to jump through his hoops 
and obey these arbitrary laws just for the heck of it. And that's what they started to do. The Pharisees started to conceive of the relationship between God and human beings in that way, in a kind of a competitive fashion that didn't take account of human agency and freedom and that it's not a win-lose situation. God created the universe for his glory, but he also created it for the good of mankind. And we get back to that fundamental saying that Jesus said to the Pharisees in other contexts. He says, did God create the Sabbath for man or man for, did God create man for the Sabbath or the Sabbath for man? Okay, God created the Sabbath for man. It's a humanizing gift that God gave to us. And it ties into Labor Day perfectly. Uh, in the, it's the, the, uh, third commandment, okay, is to observe the Sabbath. Why? So that your manservant and your maidservant would be able to find rest, okay? Because, you know, if the people who owned everything had their way, they'd be tempted to basically make everybody else work 24-7 and they just sit back and do nothing. But God gave the Sabbath so that the working class can actually have a break and a rest. And we as a, as a Christian nation in America really do retain that fundamental vision of what this is all about. And now, unfortunately, we've, we've lost a lot of the whole idea of Sunday, which is, which is not good. Uh, but when we instituted Labor Day, we didn't want to do this thing where we're saying, oh yeah, down with the stupid capitalists, you know, rah, rah, the proletariat, rah, rah, labor. That's, that's not what Labor Day is about. It's actually an acknowledgement that we are all neighbors and we need to recognize everybody's indis- uh, distinct gifts and contributions to society. And so it's a very communal and cooperative and teamwork kind of spirit that we have when we observe Labor Day. It's a beautiful thing. It really does retain that fundamental vision where there's not competition. There isn't competition between God and creatures, much less should there be competition between one group of people and another group of people. We need to remember that we're all together uh, a team. This call We call it the human family, and we've got one task, and that is to give God glory uh, in the earth. So this is what we celebrate today in gratitude for the working classes the material structure of the entire world depends upon their labor. You know, no matter how many architects or engineers or white-collar people there are, you still got to have someone go into the forest, cut down the tree. You know, you still got to have someone climb into the mine shaft and extract the iron. It's inevitable. We can't, not, not all machines, you know, that <laughs> can we create to do these things. We still have to have actual labor and that, that sweat uh, and the hard work um, that the the working class gives to society, how beautiful that is, and we recognize them and everybody as as brothers and sisters, and we work together cooperatively, uh, and that's what we celebrate uh, today, this Labor Day.